say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome into the NFL Opening Line Report Podcast, Super Bowl edition, two weeks away from Super Bowl Sunday, just under. This is the Monday after the championship Sunday. Teddy, welcome into the podcast. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing all right, man. A little bit hungover after yesterday, and I wasn't drinking. Uh, that, was a, that was a ringer that betters were put through, uh, regardless of which game you're talking about. Uh, pretty intense betting action yesterday, and uh, uh, unfortunately for uh, Chiefs backers like uh, like I was, it did not uh, turn out the way we hoped it would. I'll just leave it at that. Well, you still hit the under in the, the Saints-Rams game, so one and one overall. And Teddy, I mean, 63% NFL full season, nothing to shake your head at. So uh, tip of the cap to you. Um, this is the NFL opening line report, guys, and it is $9 Monday, so everything on Sports Memo is discounted to just nine bucks all daily plays five percent four percent three percent any sport any handicapper every play is just nine bucks at sportsmemo.com so check that out this is the nfl opening line report teddy and uh looks like the opener had the rams one and a half is that what you're seeing but now we're seeing uh new england mostly uh one and a half to even two and a half uh any i guess opening thoughts here on on the opening line for the super bowl Sure. Let's talk about this right off the bat. Uh, all right, because I was I, I was surprised, very surprised to see the Rams open as the favorite against the Patriots. Uh, and there were a couple of. I mean, again, you talk about the uh, the the primary books. Bookmaker opens Rams minus one and a half. Penny opens Rams pick a minus twenty. Westgate opens Rams minus one. All three of them opened with a total of fifty eight. That's still the prevailing total. Some of the leading indicator shops are showing that the wise guys are going to take some under here. Uh, Penny's 58 minus 12 right now. Bookmaker's at 57 uh, and a half. But I think the prevailing market's going to stay in that range total-wise, 57 and a half, 58. And, of course, when the public comes to town uh, the weekend before the game, uh, they'll most assuredly bet it up. It's what they do. But sidewise, again, I was surprised to see L.A. open as the favorite. We'll talk about that. Uh, about why that happened in just a minute. But, you know, when I'm looking at it for the first time, I'm like, really? And then, of course, boom, <laughs> uh, the money pours in uh, on the the uh, Pats pretty well. Um, I don't think it's going to get to three. There will, And, and I, was, I was having this debate uh, with a good friend last night. You know, I'm like, who's going to bet the Rams at less than plus three? He's like, the markets aren't going there. The wise guys will do it. And we've already seen uh, some sharp money come. Uh, on L.A. when it hit two, two and a half earlier. And yet uh, the line's still trending in that direction. So I'm going to say this game closes two and a half, 58. Patriots as the favorite. Teddy, do you think in a Super Bowl setting like this, the market, do do you think that there'll be a a discrepancy as far as sports books? Maybe, you know, Chris at two and a half, and the Vegas shops at two or even one and a half, or no? If it's two and a half, it's going to be two and a half pretty much across the board. 
Well, you're not talking about the key number of three. So there tends to be more variance when you're talking about one and a half, two, two and a half than there is when it comes to when the line is three. Um, all that being said, I mean, the public shops are going to take New England money. You know, the, 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 the opinion of Jared Goff versus Tom Brady. And Goff, you know, made plays yesterday. He didn't make enough plays. Uh, I think, you know, he's not Mahomes. Uh, and, you know, that was pretty clear even in victory in yesterday's ballgame. And, of course, when it comes to the Super Bowl and the amount of money that pours in on it from your recreational players, the only game all year in any sport where the public actually factors into where this line comes and where this line goes. And, I mean, you know, the early percentages I'm seeing close to 80% of the money for New England. I'm telling you, Rams betters are going to wait. Rams betters are waiting to A for the money line or B to see a plus three. And uh, we haven't seen either one of those yet. And, of course, the books know <laughs> that uh, the Rams betters are waiting for that plus three. Uh, Bavada has one with juice, but that's, you know, that's the squarest shop out there. And you still have a Bavada account that uh, you can bet at. Uh, it means you're not a winning better. <laughs> Teddy, uh, b- before we go back to to the uh, side here, I want to talk about this total because yeah, fifty eight, and then um, we're seeing Chris at fifty seven and a half, Heritage mm-hmm. at fifty seven and a half. Some of the uh, leading indicator books, like you touched on, what? Why do you think that is? I mean, the reason I'm looking at is both defensive lines kind of got after it yesterday. You know, the Pats defensive line, who I would say is second to the Rams defensive line, had four sacks. Van Noy had two alone, whereas the Rams, Sue, he had a he had one and a half sacks versus a Drew Brees who gets the ball out, you know, pretty quickly. Aaron Donald on that same defensive line. Is, is that why you're seeing uh, this, why you're thinking this total is going from 58 to 57 and a half and maybe even lower? I mean, both games yesterday, dead nuts unders. You know, and yet, you know, obviously the Patriots game flies over with an insane fourth quarter. Uh, and, you know, the Saints-Rams betters have to sweat. <laughs> you know, when it goes to overtime, you're like, field goal, field goal, touchdown. Please, God, no. You know, uh, you can lose that game by a point uh, if it doesn't play out. But, I mean, both games, the under appeared to be the right side, even though in one of the two, uh, only one of the two games of the under actually cash. When we're talking about totals in this range, I'm telling you, there is clearly – some uh, uh, some reluctance or some insistence from the hard math betters, you know, the wise guy betters, the guys that are betting numbers, not teams, that this is too high for Super Bowls. This is too high, too high, too high a total uh, for games of this magnitude. Uh, you know, all it takes is, you know, one of these long drives and end in a field goal and, and, and you're in trouble. And obviously... We saw the ability to control. You made an excellent point about being able to control the line of scrimmage. Where, you know, again, another way that Belichick out Coach Reed yesterday was to give him a game plan that, uh, uh, gee, this is what New England does in terms of getting pressure up the middle. Let's make sure, Kansas City, that we do nothing to adjust our game plan to, to, to stop it. Uh, McVeigh's not going to make that mistake. And, of course, McVeigh had Belichick and the Patriots on the ropes in the Super Bowl with the Falcons just two years ago, 28-3. to That was McVay, and that was McVay's play calling in the second half that took Atlanta out of field goal range a couple times. That's something that KC did yesterday, that took out of the field goal range uh, before the half, um, before the punt that led to the whatever. I, don't even, I can't go there. 
I'll go nuts. Uh, I was really, I mean, again, I don't get, you know, I, you know me. I, I've been through this. You don't freak. I was so mad at Andy Reid yesterday. I'm still mad at Andy Reid. If I see Andy Reid right now, I will curse him out and punch him in the nose. I won't really punch him in the nose, but you know what I mean. It was uh, Reid. Reid got outclassed yesterday, but Reid's not in the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick is, and Belichick obviously did everything right uh, defensively in that contest and with two weeks to design a game plan against a Rams offense that has been high-flying all season. I would expect Belichick and the Patriots to have a decent concept of what to do. But, man, when you see McVay's play calling and play design, it's a problem for opposing coaches. And, that you know, if you're going to make a case for L.A. in this game, it's that McVay can design plays that will give Belichick's defense trouble. That's your case for uh, for L.A. Well, that and the fact that the Patriots' defense, you know, uh, 31 points allowed after halftime at Arrowhead. There's certainly some vulnerability on that side of the football for New England. And, and Teddy, you bring up McVay. Um, obviously, Belichick has the experience factor. Extra time to prepare. I, You know, I always handicap that as coaching becomes more prevalent in the handicap who, who who would you give the advantage to McVay or the experience with Belichick well the Patriots have been there before you know I mean the, the, the Super Bowl is a different animal when it comes to media spotlight when it comes to off-field distractions uh and you know uh, there's something to be shed for the experience factor meaning something and obviously McVay was there two years ago with an offensive coordinator and he fucked up the game I mean that you know Atlanta lost the game because McVay uh, took them out of field goal range twice and had some bizarre play calling and that allowed the kept the door open for New England to pull off a, a miracle rally, um, which they proceeded to do because that's what the Patriots do when you leave the crack. The door cracked open even a little bit. Uh, New England uh, finds a way. But so McVeigh's been in these spots before and failed. I thought McVeigh choked up repeatedly in the Saints game and you know, was a, that was a you know a, a mismatch of uh, you know a mismatch of coaching errors. Both coaches there, you know, I thought cost them their their teams plenty. And Belichick never does that. I mean, I can't think of a spot you know where okay where Belichick makes the wrong call. So the advantage is always with New England in these spots. And obviously, we've seen the Patriots with extra time to repair in Week One, with extra time to repair off a of bye week in the postseason, with extra time to repair during the regular season. Belichick obviously his track record in those roles is quite literally second to none so all of these factors ensure that we will see new england money <laughs> and again I, I don't know that it gets to three but i would think this i you know there's debate there was debate whether it's going to close two or two and a quarter i think it's two and a half and i think we might see threes in some spots and teddy uh do you think there's any advantage here venue wise mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta uh do you think that favors either the rams or the patriots fast track you know, fast track turf is not uh, is not the Patriots' best uh, situation. You know, New England likes that long grass. They want to keep the speed down, and this is not a uh, venue where the speed is down. That's a fast track uh, in Atlanta. So uh, I would have to say the venue favors the Rams at least somewhat. Although, you know, Patriots fans they go every year. I don't know if LA has enough fans. LA has enough fans. Did you see? <laughs> the pictures on Twitter yesterday of Rams fans celebrating. Oh, God. <laughs> there it, weren't many. It, so who goes to the game? That's the whole thing. I mean, New England every year, uh, we go to the Super Bowl. Are they going to go this year? I don't know. You know, they're not that. And, and Rams fans, I don't know that there are that many, and they have to go to Atlanta. Be interesting to see how the ticket sales are uh, for the Super Bowl. I think they're, that in terms of crowd support, I'm not convinced either team is going to have a, 
more than more than the norm. Teddy, I'm a, I'm under the impression, especially the last couple of years, the Super Bowl is more of like a like a corporate event almost. It's not yes, so much you know, like a national championship or a semifinal in college football where you know the fan bases will travel. This is a lot of just people going to the event, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean you know it's it's all, it's all it's all about corporate dollars. It's all about keeping the corporate sponsors happy. Uh, and obviously, the Super Bowl is an event is designed to you know to sell products. That's what, why do women watch Super Bowl? It's commercials. You know, uh, everyone's talking about the the commercials after the fact. So uh, the fact that the uh, the corporation and the corporate fans are there. I don't know if corporate fans, whatever they are. Uh, yes, in answer to your question, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a uh, it's not a situation where the uh, the home team fans are likely to uh, come out in bunches. And guys, we're going to talk uh, some of tonight's NBA card here just in a minute. Teddy, did you want to touch on um, the, the Rams opening what one or one and a half? You said that, uh, that, that there was a main reason why the uh... well, yeah, from a I mean, from a pure power rating perspective, I was right there with you. You know, I mean, from a pure power rating perspective, the Rams were no worse than Pickham and probably a, a, a minus one uh, against uh, New England. Um, you know, again, based on uh, my numbers, I had the you know I had the Rams half point better than the Patriots. Um, so that's, you know, either a pick them or a minus one or a minus a half, wherever you want to do it. But so, and you had to know that the sentiment's going to come for New England. Uh, you know, the Patriots are the, are the class here, according to the betting public. And the Patriots have, you know, refused to lose a fair few times. Uh, so I, I'm not, I'm not, I, again, I, I'm not surprised at all that the money came on New England, given that opener. I'm a little surprised that the books didn't shade right off the bat towards New England um, because they had to think that that was where the initial bets were uh, were going to come. But apparently they didn't. No, I, I'm in agreement with you, Teddy. And is there anything else you want to throw out uh, with this Super Bowl opening line report podcast before we uh, move on to the NBA? Oh, we got props out already, man. All right. Let's uh... <laughs> I, I haven't coin seen toss, it heads minus 103, tails minus 103. Correct coin toss outcome. Correct minus 103, wrong minus 103. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, length of the national anthem by Gladys Knight over or under 107 seconds. Will Gladys Knight take a knee or raise a fist? Yeah, we got props out already. Um, you know, rating, Super Bowl viewership over 106.5 million and a half. Uh, lots of props. Obviously, we'll get to some stuff that there's a positive expectation potential for over the course of the podcast over the next uh, week and a half. Obviously, we'll have a full Super Bowl prop report available for the clients next week. Mm, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what day it'll come out, but it'll certainly be out by uh, next Tuesday at the latest, I would think. Okay, so look out for that next Tuesday. And, and what you want to do a podcast uh, strictly strictly on uh, the Super Bowl props? Uh, yeah, we have to do a broadcast on the Super Bowl props, I would think. Let's do it. <laughs> and, and you want to do that next week or, or the end of yeah, the yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what will happen this week is that the props will come up and they'll get better into shape. And what happen next week is that we'll have some time to analyze them and give you guys some good recommendations. So, yeah, let's uh, maybe even do that next uh, next Monday. Okay. Sure the- All right. Let, let's look into that. Guys, stay tuned for the uh, Super Bowl props uh, podcast with Teddy Covers next Monday. Um, Teddy, you, you, you okay to jump into the NBA now for tonight's card? Of course. All right. Well, we got uh, three games wanted to touch on. 5-2-3, Houston, Philadelphia. 233.5 the total. Looks like Philly minus four pretty much across the board at home. This is a uh, play Teddy wrote up for a free play on sportsmemo.com, so check that out for the full analysis. But any quick thoughts here on Houston, Philadelphia, Teddy? 
Yeah, the Rockets stink, and nobody seems to know or like be willing to recognize that fact yet. If you look at Houston's second unit right now, I mean, these are D-League players. You know, they're getting major minutes uh, for the Rockets. It's uh, the last two games. They took 105 shots against the Nets. 70 of them came from beyond the arc. So a 73-point to 35-2-point range. Last time out, it was even worse. I think it was out of 100 shots, 68 were from three-point range and 32 were from two-point range. All they're doing is jacking up threes. And Harden, you know, Gordon hit a miracle shot and Harden's been nuts and they're still not covering numbers uh, of late. And oh, by the way, Harden's got Jimmy Butler on him this time around. I don't think that's a great... Uh, matchup necessarily uh, for him here uh, and Philly coming off of, I mean a really bad loss uh, in which they thought they had it won and then Paul George had a four point play at the buzzer and oops um, I looked for the Sixers to bounce back in this one against a flawed Rockets team that uh, is one way squat for me right now I'm either betting against Houston or I'm not getting involved you can read that full analysis as you mentioned uh, at sportsmemo.com right now, the free play already locked and loaded. And it's $9 Monday as well, guys, so every play discounted to just 9 bucks every Monday at sportsmemo.com. Let's head out west. we got Portland at Utah, 525-526. Teddy, 217.5 the total, seeing minus 5. That's the Jazz laying in Salt Lake City. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I really have mixed feelings about this ballgame. I'm not going to get uh, involved uh, one way or the other, but th- there continues to be this train of thought that, oh, well, Utah's underachieving and they flipped the switch last year and they're inevitably going to flip the switch this year. And lo and behold, here are the Jazz now. They've won the six in a row and the thought process, you know, here comes Utah. They've actually won eight of their last nine uh, overall. But even during this stretch, you know, they're, they're, they're not covering the numbers as favorites on a regular basis. Didn't cover against Cleveland last time out. Didn't cover against the Pistons in a bad spot for Detroit. Didn't cover against the Bulls uh, prior to that. Uh, And when you talk about the ability of your Damian Lillard of the world to hit shots that matter down the stretch, I mean, (laughs) uh, he's been dynamite. And, and, you know, from a assist to turnover ratio, how about this? Last five games for the Blazers, 3.2 3.2 assist to turnovers. You never see a ratio like that in the NBA. That speaks to Lillard. All that being said, the Jazz defense, which was not as good earlier in the campaign. They're starting to come around right now. They've been shutting down foes, but they're offensive. You know, we're talking about a team that's playing without multiple point guards right now. Um, they need to jack up a whole bunch of shots to cover some of these numbers. I don't know that's going to be easy to do against Portland. So not a game I'm involved with. Not a game I even came that close getting involved with. Interesting one to discuss, but not one that I want to wager on. Teddy, the get-back game, 10.35 Eastern, 7.35 uh, Pacific Coast tip here. Golden State at the LA Lakers seeing uh, Golden State money coming in. It's a big number here, 10.5 up to 12, pretty much across the board, 2.33 the total, Teddy. Yeah, the Lakers coming off a really tough loss, you know. Uh, and uh, we talk about a big week for L.A. You know, like, all right, we're going to make a statement this week. We have Oklahoma City. They rally from behind and steal that one in overtime. They have Houston beat and let it get away in the last seconds and lose it in overtime uh, by four. Those are both back-to-back intense games. The overtime affairs down to the wire, obviously playing without LeBron. Now they'll be playing without Alonzo uh, Ball, who got hurt uh, in uh, the last game. They still don't have Rondo back in. Who's going to handle the ball uh, for the Lakers here? You know, Lance Stevenson played point for a bit the other night, and it wasn't pretty. 
<laughs> uh, you don't want that against the Golden State Warriors. And I've talked all year about this Warriors. I haven't talked all year. Uh, and they covered last time out against the Clips. Warriors, double-digit chalk has been their role. 12-4 and four ATS. They're 8-21 and 21 in games where they're not double-digit chalk against the spread. And 12-4 and four in games where they are double-digit chalk against the spread. Um, you know, uh, as you mentioned, taking money, heavy money, in this ballgame in a matchup that it's hard to picture L.A. having a particularly good offensive flow. 233-232 now, that's the prevailing number. Uh, I can understand why money's coming on the under in this ballgame. No argument with that wager. I'm not expecting the Lakers to have another brilliant shooting night from either inside or outside the arc. Teddy, thanks for the time. Guys, it's $9 Monday. Make sure to check out sportsmemo.com. All plays discounted to just 9 bucks. Teddy has his big 12 cash. Watch and win Baylor, West Virginia on tonight's Garden College basketball. Also, if you're listening to this early, he's got an early start for MLK Day in the NBA. Teddy covers 63% on the NFL season. He'll have his Super Bowl play prop package up at sportsmemo.com later in the week, so make sure to stay tuned to that. We'll have him on on Monday, next Monday, doing the uh, Super Bowl props podcast as well. That's a good one to listen to. Teddy uh, knows his props as good as anybody, so stay tuned for that. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. Best of luck with your bets. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.